0: you say the word lie? Is that important to start putting in
1: reporting? I'd be careful about using the word lie. Oh, of course you would. You're the editor-in-chief of the Wall Street Journal. Don't talk about well, lies. I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling
2: that something right. It's stilling I'm so scared in case I fall off
1: my chair. Mm. A little. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. To the left me, to the right. Here I
2: am. Stuck in
1: the middle
2: with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the
1: middle From Pacifica you. Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI, in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM, in Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're also heard coast-to-coast and around the globe, streaming on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik. Yes, Blanketing, Planet Earth, five days a week. Even over the holidays. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com back from the uh, holiday break, not a long enough holiday break, but uh, I'll take we'll take what we can get. And my thanks to Nicole Sandler of nicolesandler.com and Angie Coyro of indeepradio.com for uh for splitting the fill-in duties over the past week or so so that both Desi Doyen and myself and I and me, I don't know.
2: All of you, all of you. Thank you.
1: We're able to get a few uh <laughs> few very very much needed days off over those holidays. So thanks to Nicole and Angie both uh for some great shows in our absence. Uh and they'll they'll be back it was uh, it was good to hear both of them. Actually, uh, I know I'm not supposed to be paying attention. I'm not supposed to be listening while I'm away.
2: But they were good shows.
1: But they were good uh, and gr- great to hear Nicole back. By the way, yes. haven't uh, is, uh, she had some medical issues last year or earlier? I should say. Yeah, I was going to say last year, but it was last year, 2016. Glad to hear her back up, and Adam, uh, as well as Angie, thank you both. And, uh, yes, that voice you just heard is Desi Doyen. Hi, Des. How Hi. are you? I am here. <laughs> that's that's how good you are?
2: <laughs> that's, that's an accomplishment. No better? <laughs> After all
1: that time off? Well, we'll take what we can get. Uh, great to have you back as well. Great to be back. A little. Sort of. Kind of. We'll see how well, how, how great it is.
2: A new adventure.
1: Indeed, because uh, it is 2017 now, whether we like it or not. And uh, normally at the end of a year you think, uh, at the end of a bad year, you look forward to the next year. Oh, it's going to get better. I don't know. I don't know that anything's going to get better. But we will still be here covering it, uh, although some people won't. Ah, uh, including NBC News's breaking news app and breaking news Twitter handle. Uh, this is a huge account, a huge Twitter account with nine and a half million followers. They have uh, day in and day out. They had been uh, producing uh, breaking news headlines over an app, over on Twitter. Their editors in uh, in New York, Los Angeles, London, and Seattle. They would push out hard news. Uh, From around the globe, as the uh, Neiman lab over at uh, Harvard noted last month. But despite the fact that they've got nine and a half million followers who in the space, they note, of a couple of hours on just one Thursday morning last month had uh, uh, sent to their followers uh, alerts on Donald Trump's labor secretary appointment, an updated death toll in Aleppo, a 6.8 magnitude earthquake in California. Yeah, you know them, you probably, chances are you may even already follow them on Twitter. Well, follow them no more, because uh, according to Corey Bergman, Uh, who uh, I think he's their uh, editor-in-chief, the general manager at Breaking News. Um, They have now shut down their service as of the end of the year. Corey Bergman wrote, this is a breaking story I'd hoped I'd never report. NBC News has decided to shut down Breaking News, effective December 31. We're true believers of news that isn't designed for clicks, but a service that helps people and companies make smarter, safer decisions. As we discovered, such a model doesn't fit with advertising, and despite a surge of interest in our premium data, the money has run out. We have tremendously loyal and influential global users who rely on us daily for discovery and fact-checking. We will miss serving them. My thanks to NBC for taking a bold bet and financing us for so long. Uh, So... the. um, The guy who runs, uh, I guess, the uh, NBC News Digital service said, uh, We are committed to a culture of experimentation and innovation at NBC News Digital, and Breaking News was a product that embodied that spirit for more than five years. However, experiments eventually need to sustain themselves, and in this case, despite every effort, we just weren't able to get there. So they had to shut it down at the end of the uh, at the end of the year, at the end of 2016. Just no more money. No more money for uh, for NBC's breaking news app and breaking news Twitter headline. Uh, A lot of journalists were mourning the uh, the disappearance of breaking news, the breaking news handle on Twitter. Uh, Michael Rostin uh, wrote on Twitter, uh, fake news is alive and breaking news is dead. This is ludicrous. Max McGee wrote, this is terrible news. Trusted sources in breaking situations. We need this now more than ever. Uh, whether or not it pays the bills, he added. Wow, what a loss, said Oliver Darcy. Breaking news is the best place for breaking news and following de- developing stories. Truly saddened by this. Uh, that, of course, uh, is not just the first uh, corporate-run news outlet to, uh, to shut down. Recently, a number of news apps have also closed. The New York Times, New York NYT Now uh, app has shut down. The Times of London's weekly international app has shut down. Apparently, the amount of time that mobile users spend on news apps and news sites is very small and appears to be decreasing. And news app use is dwarfed by social network use. So that's it. NBC did not have enough money to continue uh, continue their breaking news app. But apparently they did have plenty of money to hire Megan Kelly. Fox News is Megan Kelly. She will be moving to NBC. According to reports today, actually, according to her own reports over at uh, over at Facebook where she reported it. New York Times was the first to pick it up. I believe Megan Kelly, who arrived at Fox News 12 years ago as a television news neophyte, rose to become one of its two biggest stars and has now decided to leave the network to take on a broad new role at NBC News for an undisclosed salary. NBC News chair Andrew Lack wooed ms kelly away from fox news by offering her a triple role in which she will host her own daytime news and discussion program and she will anchor an in-depth sunday night news show and take regular part in the network news's uh, special political programming and other uh, and other events she had uh, become the second most watched host over at the right wing f- fake news outlet fox news Um, Behind uh, Bill O'Reilly over there And uh, her exit upends Fox News' vaunted primetime lineup According to the uh, New York Times And will inject a new dose of tumult tumult Just after uh, a few months After the departure of the network's Powerful founding chair, Roger Ailes Who was ousted after several women Made allegations that he sexually harassed them If by several, the New York Times means At least 20, then they are correct on that score. Fox News' parent company, 21st Century Fox, uh, controlled by the family of Rupert Murdoch, had offered uh, Kelly more than $20 million a year to stay after her current contract expires uh, in 2017. And Rival networks were trying to hire her away, including NBC News. Uh, all of those rival networks had made it clear, however, they could not match that kind of money that uh, Fox News was uh, offering, $20 million, or at least $20 million uh, to, to Megyn Kelly. But So we don't know yet how much NBC News has given her. But the Times notes that even a modest raise would place her among TV's highest paid journalists. The Wall Street Journal recently reported she was to collect $15 million for the final year of her contract. So it's something like that for her, for this right winger, to move to NBC News. Um, But they can't keep open this uh, breaking news app that services uh, almost 10 million people on a regular basis
2: well yeah i mean the breaking news the guy that headed up breaking news he said that it isn't designed for clicks and well hey in the new media landscape there's your problem right there. <laughs> if it's not matter. Yeah, if it doesn't if it doesn't make a profit, it doesn't have to even just support itself. It has to make a profit. Uh, and that's of course a big departure from the way news used to be, you know, that Don used Hewitt to be a lost who used leader. to it yeah. used to be a loss leader. The prestige of being someone who was of being an outlet that was respected for delivering the truth, for delivering facts. That model no longer works,
1: and not just delivering the truth and the facts. That, that model is no
2: longer accepted. It still works. Breaking news proved it well, works.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm, but I'm saying it wasn't about just del- delivering breaking news or breaking news, truthful, accurate facts. Uh, these news outlets, these news departments, whether it was CBS News or NBC News, uh, were, were a matter of prestige. For the networks, they knew they weren't going to make money on news. They knew they were going to lose money, but that it would bring people to their networks. It would bring people to their, uh, you know, to their various products. Those days are gone. It's all now, of course, about money. Facts be damned. Uh, news be damned. We got to turn a profit, damn it. And that's what these guys are about. They don't care how accurate they are. And to that end, Des, let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back with uh, with much more uh, that is going on today. As we try to catch up, boy, a lot of stuff happened o- o- over the week while we were gone. We may have to spend a week just catching up with what happened. Then we'll have to spend another weeks catching up with the stuff that happened <laughs> oh, while we were the catching insanity. up with the stuff that happened. <laughs> but anyway, yes, the insanity continues. Uh, after this break, I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your broadcast. <laughs> Will be I'll be watching uh, whether the actual corporate media will be watching is another issue. Welcome back to the broadcast Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Now is a time that we need uh, we need media more than ever, more than ever in 2017 uh, and we, we need accurate media and we need uh, you know media who report the news, Accurately, loudly, fearlessly. There was uh, a comment, I think, over the uh, was it over the weekend? Does he, the the head of the Wall Street Journal, we played at the top of the show there, uh, the the managing editor of the Wall Street Journal. It was
2: on Sunday's Meet the Press with Chuck Todd,
1: and uh, he asked him, "Do you have that clip still there? Go, Go play that clip. If somebody says just an outright falsehood, do you say the word lie? Is that important to start putting in reporting or not?"
0: You know, it's a good... I'd be careful about using the word lie. Um, Lie implies much more than just saying something that's false. It implies a deliberate intent to mislead. Um, I think it's perfectly... When when Donald Trump says thousands of people were on the rooftops of New Jersey on 9-11 celebrating, thousands of Muslims were there celebrating, I think it's it's right to investigate that claim, Mm -hmm. to report what we found, which is... That nobody found any evidence of that whatsoever, and to say that I don't, I think I think it's then up to the reader to make up their own mind to say this is what Donald Trump says, this is what a reliable, trustworthy news organisation reports, and you know what? I don't think that's true. I think if you start ascribing um, a uh, a moral intent, as it were, mm-hmm. to someone by saying that they've lied, I think you run the risk that you look like you are being you're not being objective, and I think and and I do think also it applies. that people. Uh, this, is, this is happening all the time now. Right. People are looking at what Donald Trump's saying and say this is false. It's a false claim. And I think people say, well, you know what? Hillary Clinton said a lot of things that were false. Yeah. I don't recall the press no, being quite so, yeah. Yeah. quite so concerned about saying that she lied when, in headlines or in stories like that.
1: Well, A, because I don't believe she did it constantly. But the, the notion, listen, I, I know that a lot of people, a lot of progressives out there have been uh, complaining about this notion that uh, Ger- Ger- Gerard, Gerard, uh, Baker. Gerard Baker from the Wall Street Journal, um, you know, that he won't use the word lie. And I guess his point is... That if you say someone is lying, you need to know that they knew that the thing they said was false. They may have given a false statement, but it's not necessarily a lie, I guess, he seems to be saying, uh, unless they They know? knew that it is was that, false. Is that the way you sort of that's, hear That's his, what I
2: understood him to say, that you can't ascribe motive to people unless you can prove the motive.
1: Be, well, because I say something that is wrong, that is incorrect— Demonstrably
2: that, false. That
1: does not mean I'm lying. Right? I have to know that this thing is wrong and then say it and then that would be a lie.
2: and this is something the bush administration turned into an art form they never said i think this they said i believe this is well, true." well
1: that's true but with donald trump uh not only did he say things that were demonstrably false but they were proven to be false and even when they were then proven to be false he still continued to say it at that point it definitely becomes a lie exactly. and yet you've got uh, corporate media the wall street journal uh, that says, eh, you know, we're, we, we don't want to call anyone a liar. So um, that's the way a lot, a lot of folks in the corporate media think. They don't want to call people out for being liars. Um, uh, so who do we turn to? Well, we turn to the independent media. As I said, now we need an independent media, a strong independent media. Support your favorite independent media outlet, by the way, uh, as much as you can, because we need them now more than ever. But we also need... Oversight, um, and we need oversight by Congress. And you may have heard uh, all of this uh, what the Republicans uh, attempted to do over the past twenty four hours with the Office of Congressional Ethics. But before I get to that, and and what came out, uh, how it appears now to have come out, let me share this story with you. This is, um, uh, let's see, uh, from twenty thirteen Washington Post. The state-owned oil company of Azerbaijan secretly funded an all-expenses-paid trip to a conference in Baku on the Caspian Sea in 2013 for 10 members of Congress and 32 staff members. According to a confidential ethics report obtained by the Washington Post, three former top aides to President Obama appeared as speakers at the event. Lawmakers and their staff members received hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of travel expenses, silk scarves, crystal tea sets and Azerbaijani rugs valued uh, at 2500 to 10,000 dollars according to the ethics report. Airfare for the lawmakers and some of their spouses cost 120 112,000 dollars according to travel invoices released with this report. The state oil company of Azerbaijan Republic known as SOCAR allegedly funneled $750,000 through nonprofit corporations based in the U.S. to conceal the source of the funding for the conference in the former Soviet Republic. According to the 70 page report by the Office of Congressional Ethics, an independent investigative arm, of the U.S. House of Representatives. The report reflects the most extensive investigation undertaken by the Ethics Office at that time. It was created uh, seven years ago, so this was uh, in 2008, in response to a number of scandals on Capitol Hill, including lobbyist Jack Abramoff's illegal funding of lawmakers' trips, which was, if you don't remember, the Jack Abramoff scandal, Uh, Where he just uh, played. I I mean, you know, he was funding uh, these these trips for lawmakers all over the country, particularly Republicans, but even some Democrats uh, all over the country, all over the world. Uh, He ended up going to jail for uh, a couple years over it. Uh, Congressman Bob Ney was thrown out of Congress uh, due to bribery charges related to Jack Abramoff. He was the uber-lobbyist, and he had just complete control of the the U.S. House, the Senate, the White House, back during the Bush administration. And so after this huge scandal, they formed uh, the Office of Congressional Ethics. Now they're the ones who put out this report in 2013, uh, and according to Washington Post at the time, uh, they found that the the nonprofit corporations had allegedly the ones who paid for these trips, who were said to have paid for these trips, they allegedly filed false statements with Congress, swearing that they were sponsoring the conference. The findings have been referred at the time they were referred to the House Ethics Committee for investigation of possible violations of congressional rules and federal laws that bar foreign governments from trying to influence U.S. policy. This conference that all of these lawmakers went to uh, it took place in, uh, in 2013 and during the previous year, SOCAR, this state-run oil company from uh, Azerbaijan. Uh, During the previous year, Socar and several large energy companies had sought exemptions for a $28 billion natural gas pipeline project in the Caspian Sea from U.S. economic sanctions that were being imposed on Iran. Ultimately, the congressional investigators could not determine Whether or not lawmakers used their official positions to benefit SOCAR or the pipeline project, they also found no evidence that the lawmakers or their staff members even knew that the conference was being funded by a foreign government. It was a foreign government that was paying for this whole thing, and they were running it through these nonprofit. Uh, corporations that were then flying these lawmakers all over and giving them gifts and everything else. The investigators at the time noted that the lawmakers relied on representations made to them by two Houston-based nonprofit corporations. The lawmakers told investigators that they had obtained uh, approval for the trip from the Ethics Committee, and that's different. That's different from the Office of Congressional Ethics. The House Ethics Committee is a bipartisan committee uh, to which this report was ultimately sent. But it was created by the Office of of Congressional Ethics, which is an independent watchdog and investigates this kind of stuff and produces these kind of reports, 70 pages worth. The report said that members of the Ethics Panel wrote to the Office of Congressional Ethics requesting them to halt the investigation. This is members of the House Panel wrote to the Office of Congressional Ethics and said stop, stop the investigation so that the matter could then be taken up by their own committee in the U.S. House. The Office of Congressional Ethics at the time declined the request. They feared that the Ethics Panel, the U.S. House Ethics Committee, which has a reputation amongst watchdog groups for shielding lawmakers from embarrassing disclosures like these, the Office of Congressional Ethics declined uh, uh, to stop their investigation because they thought that the uh, the U.S. House would, would take no meaningful action, as has been traditionally the case, which is why the Office of Congressional Ethics uh, was created in the first place to look into this stuff after years of corruption uh, by Jack Abramoff uh, and other lobbyists like him back during the back during the Bush years. There's a whole bunch of lawmakers who took this trip, by the way. It was uh, Republicans and Democrats alike. One of them was actually a member of the uh, House Ethics Committee.
2: Well, there you go. That
1: had asked <laughs> them to knock it off, knock off this investigation. We'll take it from here. Washington Post reported at the time that several members of, uh, of Congress uh, also took side trips at the time to Turkey. They traveled to Istanbul, uh, uh, Ankara, or both, the investigators found. Uh, the uh, Bosphorus Atlantic Cultural Association of Friendship and Cooperation which is a Turkish nonprofit organization, covered the expenses, according to the report. The lawmakers did not disclose the role of that non-profit. It was only found out. The media didn't find this out. It was the Office of Congressional Ethics. Members of Congress who traveled to Turkey accepted payment of travel expenses from impermissible sources, resulting in an impermissible gift in violation of House rules and regulations. According to the report at the time, investigators also said that lawmakers received a number of gifts, including crystal tea sets, briefcases, silk scarves, turquoise earrings, gold-painted plates and Azerbaijani rugs. Some congressional staff members Told the investigators that they thought the rugs were worth about three hundred dollars, and that's fifty dollars below the reporting threshold. If it's three hundred or fifty dollars or more, you have to report it to the house. But they thought they were worth around three hundred dollars, but instead those rugs were actually worth thousands of dollars. But they didn't, uh, they didn't disclose them on their forms that were filed with the Ethics Committee. The report said that evidence suggests that all lawmakers received at least one rug. Some got two, one prayer size and one area rug. Many staff members also received rugs. The reason we know about that story at all and all of these lawmakers, what is it, 10 different lawmakers, 32 staff members, is because of the Office of Congressional uh, What is it called? Office of Congressional Congressional Ethics. Ethics. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the the House Oversight Committee, they want nothing to do with this. The House Ethics Committee, they want nothing to do with real investigations. And so it is no real surprise, perhaps. I don't know. Actually, it, it took everyone by surprise. When this happened late last night, which was a holiday, by the way, and the U.S. House was working anyway on uh, on Monday it was a New Year's uh, holiday. Uh, and uh, they tried to gut the Office of Congressional Ethics, according to Politico, who first broke the story late. It was, this was late at night at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, they had the 8 p.m. Eastern on a holiday, the last day of the old congress before the first day of the new congress which has now taken uh, begun its new session for 2017 the old session finished up and they were making uh, new rules in preparation for the uh, for the new congressional session and in one of their first moves of the new congress according to politico house republicans voted to gut their own independent ethics watchdog A huge blow to cheerleaders of congressional oversight and one that dismantles major reforms that were adopted after the Jack Abramoff scandal. House Republicans adopted the proposal by Judiciary Committee uh, Chairman Bob Goodlatte. Bob Goodlatte, who would not even hold a vote to restore the Voting Rights Act, by the way. Instead, in the middle of the night, he's secretly gutting the Office of Congressional Ethics and Republicans are—they're voting for it. It passed the, uh, the 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 House Ethics Committee. The office currently uh, has uh, free reign. This is the uh, the, the um, investigative—I uh, keep—I keep losing the name here. The Office of Congressional Ethics. <laughs> uh, this has free reign to investigate any kind of allegations that come in and then they recommend further action to the House Ethics Committee. It's still the House Ethics Committee that gets to decide whether to censure these Congress members and so forth. But we wouldn't have all these details if not for them. So what Bob Goodlat tried to do was move this office to uh, to be a part of the House Ethics Committee, to let the House Ethics Committee oversee The Office of Congressional uh, Ethics, which is supposed to be independent, and it would also limit the scope of what the office was allowed to do. For example, they would not be allowed to consider anonymous tips. Against lawmakers, this would be written into the rules. So if there was a a
2: whistleblower, for example, uh,
1: if there was a whistleblower who did not want to give their name right. for
2: retaliation,
1: if someone anonymously sent a videotape, an audio tape of a Congress member taking what you know, taking bribes, they would not be allowed to consider it under these uh, these new rules that were adopted yesterday by Republicans. Uh, It would also stop the office from disclosing the findings of some of their investigations, as they currently do after recommendations go to the House Ethics Committee. So that report I just read you about all of those uh, Congress members and their office uh, staff that went to Azerbaijan and Turkey and got all of these gifts and it was all paid for by a foreign state. You wouldn't even be allowed to know about that. Those investigations would be kept quiet. They would not be allowed uh, to release them. Politico notes that Donald Trump ran on a platform of draining the swamp of an often all too cozy Washington, D.C. And Monday night's move goes in the opposite direction, severely loosening Oversight of lawmakers, potential conflicts of interest, use of campaign money and other ethical matters. They had adopted the amendment 119 to 74 in their closed in their closed door caucus, in their Republican caucus, as they were agreeing on the rules. Several lawmakers reportedly stood up and talked about being falsely accused by the Office of Congressional Ethics, falsely accused of wrongdoing. So they voted to pretty much kill it. Uh, and and this was again founded after the Jack Abramoff uh, scandal, the huge Jack Abramoff scandal. But Republicans said they was this, this committee was just too aggressive, too aggressive in making referrals to the House House Ethics Committee, which could then accept or reject those referrals. They, they weren't required to, uh, to to put them in place.
2: But if they were false accusations, well, those are embarrassing, so it must be stopped.
1: So don't even put them out. Don't, so even, don't even start let them investigating out those. Under Goodlatte's proposal, uh, the Office of Congressional Ethics would be renamed the Office of Congressional Complaint Review. Just a review box. A complaint box. Put your complaints here. Man, but if you don't sign your name, we're not going to look at them. That would be uh, unlawful according to this. Too yes? too far. Uh, And it would place the office under the oversight, under the oversight of the Committee on Ethics, the House Committee on Ethics that wanted to completely kill that other investigation uh, that I mentioned. So uh, and the provision would, quote, provide protection against disclosures to the public or other government or other government entities. So it would protection. We wouldn't disclose these things that these uh, that these people did, that these people who live in the swamp that Trump wants to drain. We wouldn't uh, that that would never get out because that would be unfair. So currently, uh, those investigations by the Office of uh, Congressional Ethics. Uh, are made public, but they're made public, by the way, several months after they are referred to the ethics panel. So there's all these protections that are already built in, but none of that was good enough. What are the U.S. House Republicans planning to do that they needed that this had to be one of their first orders of business? In the new con- That it was actually the first order of business in the new Congress. It was uh, done as the last order of business in the old one and the first uh, order of business in the new Congress. What are they doing? What are they planning to do? This is why we need independent media. This is why we need, frankly, we need the corporate media, but we need them to be accurate. We need them to get the story right. Because what's about to happen, what's about to happen over the next two, four, eight years, uh, I think is going to make the, uh, the Jack Abramoff scandals of the, uh, of the Bush years pale in comparison. This was done, as the New York Times went on to note, in the middle of the night with no warning. There was no warning at all. There was uh, no advanced public notice or debate about this issue. They just did it. They didn't even uh, signal they were going to do it. And this is something that we have seen Republicans doing now over and over in uh, in states around the country, where they have these these secret plans to gut laws, to take away power from. The, we talked a lot about it before we took off for the the break in North Carolina. Where, these, where the Republicans there called an emergency session after the Republican governor lost to a, uh, to his Democratic challenger. So they called an emergency session, pretended that it was about hurricane relief, and then they stripped all of the power. Uh, from the uh, from the from the executive branch and this and I'm sure they'll restore it if the Republicans uh, win the, the governorship in four years, but for if they're still controlling the the, the two houses of uh, the two chambers in North Carolina. But they came in, they pretended they had this hurricane that they were going to, uh, they needed to do emergency funding for. And then they said, oh, you know what? Let's do another emergency session now. And they came forward with all of these bills. Uh, that you know said that the, the 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 governor who used to be able to uh, appoint about uh, I think it was what fourteen hundred uh, uh, officials uh, now he can only appoint three hundred. They finally raised that to about four, a little over four hundred after they had pressure. But that means that there's about a thousand officials that were appointed by the former Republican governor that I guess get to stay.
2: Embedded to ensure his agenda and his policies go forward. And maybe, if there will, I feel like it to stop the agenda and policies of the new Democratic governor.
1: And there was no discussion about it. There was no notice. There was no conversation about it in committee, the way these uh, bills usually move forward. That's just what they did in North Carolina. That's what they've done recently in Wisconsin and in Michigan and all of these places where the uh, where, where, you know Republicans basically control everything. And they basically they certainly control everything in the U.S. House. And so they just did it. No discussion, no debate, no reporting. They just did it. They just voted on it. Goodlatte uh, actually had the, uh, the temerity to say that this will strengthen the existing Office of Congressional Ethics. This will strengthen the existing Office of Congressional Ethics by maintaining its primary area of focus of accepting and reviewing complaints from the public and referring them, if appropriate, to the Committee on Ethics, he said in the statement. This amendment actually builds upon uh, what they did by by taking away their power, because up is down, down is up. War is peace. Peace is war. This is the era that we are heading into. Paul Ryan, the House Speaker, reportedly was against this move. And I say reportedly because we don't know, because, again, this was a secret uh, meeting of the Republican caucus. He was reportedly against uh, this move. Uh, as were other members of the uh, Republican House leadership, reportedly. But then, once this news broke on Monday night and uh, caused a bit of an uproar, thankfully, happily, he then came out and uh, put out a statement in support of the move that he supposedly was against. He said, after eight years of operation, many believe the Office of Congressional Ethics is in need of reform to protect due process And ensure it's operating uh, according to its stated mission. I want to make clear that this House will hold its members to the highest ethical standards and the office will continue to operate independently to provide public accountability to Congress. But of course, they would have to do so only with the permission. Of the uh, of the ethics commission that sat above them and they couldn't release their findings and they couldn't investigate anything that was uh, brought forward by an anonymous tip. And yet somehow Paul Ryan got credit for being against the move and then he came out in support of it. Well, things changed quickly uh, as the day wore on today. Uh, Donald Trump put out a pair of tweets in which he said that uh, really, you know, this shouldn't be the uh, the number one uh, priority for the Congress. Donald Trump tweeted, with all the Congress has to work on, do they really have to make the weakening of the independent ethics watchdog as unfair as it is? Now he's agreeing that this, uh, this ethics watchdog is somehow unfair. Do they really have to uh, make that their number one act and priority? Focus on tax reform, health care, and so many other things of far greater importance. Drain the swamp, he said in his hashtag. Speaking to reporters on a conference call Tuesday morning, uh, the incoming White House press secretary, Sean Spicer, uh, I love what he said here. He said, I think it's a question of priorities, and the president's belief is that... Yes. Right. The president's belief is that with all this country wants and needs to have happen, this really shouldn't be a priority. So news flash to incoming White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer, Donald Trump is not actually yet the president, um, so, but but he's already calling him the president. And, you know, this was bad because even Jack Abramoff, yes, Jack Abramoff. Now out of jail after all of these years from uh, f- from all of those scandals. Even he said that he was uh, this disgraced former lobbyist whose uh, whose who's, as Politico says, whose felony crimes eventually helped lead to the creation of the Independent Office of Congressional Ethics. Even Jack Abramoff ripped House Republicans for their move to gut independent the independent watchdog. Abramoff um Has emerged from prison as a self-styled ethics reformer, and he told Politico that the House GOP package adopted on Monday is exactly the opposite of what Congress should be doing. He said, while there seems to be little question that some of the procedures of the Office of Congressional Ethics can and probably have created collateral political problems for innocent members of Congress— Moving to diminish oversight is exactly the opposite of what Congress should be doing, said Abramoff, who served 43 months in prison uh, in the influence-peddling scandals of the mid-2000s. I spoke with uh, Abramoff uh, a little bit earlier today, had hoped we would be able to get him on the show today. Apparently, he's really in demand today <laughs> after this. Uh, maybe we'll have him on uh, later in the week. We had him on years ago after he got out of jail, uh, and and he does seem sincere in his hopes of, uh, you know, pressing for lobbying reforms. So when he says, you know, that this is exactly the wrong way to go and that he should know, uh, you got to kind of stand up and take notice. Well, more people seem to have uh, stood up and took notice of what Donald Trump tweeted rather than what Jack Abramoff actually said. Uh, And uh, the media And here, once again, is where the corporate media has utterly failed, has been giving credit, undue credit yet again to Donald Trump. Now, I started getting these uh, alerts this morning on my phone, not from the breaking news app since they've been shut down, but from uh, from AP and others. And it was really interesting to watch how it unfolded right after Donald Trump offered his tweet. He said, um, okay, so so in uh, AP first cited his tweet when he said, you know, well, well, really, should we be doing this? Is this really the
2: the top priority? Say?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, it may be unfair, but is this really, should this be, the? it's unfair. Should it be the top priority? Well, uh, AP uh, put out a tweet that was, reso- uh, uh, an alert that was reasonably accurate. They said, in tweet, President-elect Donald Trump questions House Republicans weakening of independent ethics watchdog. That was kind of accurate. Then CNN, just a few minutes later, said Trump calls out House Republicans for proposing that independent ethics panel be gutted, although he suggests the panel was unfair. Then NBC News, future home of Fox News' Megyn Kelly, came out and said Trump criticizes House Republicans for effort to weaken independent ethics watchdog. And then the fourth alert I got from them was from uh, on my iPhone this morning as this was all unfolding was from USA Today, which says Trump slams House move on ethics watchdog.
2: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's not even close.
1: So he went from uh, questioning to slamming in, I don't know, it's about 30 minutes of time uh, from from these corporate, these major corporate media outlets from ABC to CNN to NBC News to USA Today. And then, of course, it got worse as the day went on. It was, in fact, finally this. Uh, there was so much noise about what happened. So many complaints about shutting this down. So many people were calling Congress to complain, calling their Congress members to complain that it simply got was untenable. And the Republicans pulled this proposal. They pulled the, uh, the their plan to gut this office. But it was thanks to people calling in and flooding members of Congress, expressing outrage about the move to gut the office uh, that finally made it so that the Republicans had to pull it. Nonetheless, as think progress notes today, uh, while Trump appeared to agree that there is too much oversight of Congress, calling it uh, unf- calling the committee unfair, the uh, the office unfair, uh, even Sean Spicer. Uh, the, uh, the, the the incoming press secretary had acknowledged uh, that Trump's tweet was not meant to address the question of whether it's a good idea to gut the House ethics office uh, or not. Uh, HuffPo's uh, Jennifer Bendery said that Sean Spicer clarified uh, the timing of GOP to say that he is annoyed gutting the ethics watchdog, but not of the gutting itself. He was fine with that. But none of that stopped the media from pushing the narrative that it was Trump, Trump, who rebuked his own party to drain the swamp. This, for example, was the New York Times headline. Trump rebukes House Republicans over bid to gut ethics office rebukes. Really?
2: Not even close.
1: The Hill was even worse. Trump torches GOP for weakening ethics watchdog torches. Politico's uh, senior writer uh, inaccurately interpreted Trump's tweets the same way, says ThinkProgress. Jake Sherman said, so here we are on day one of the 115th Congress, and the president-elect is taking a stand against his own party's weakening of the Ethics Committee. No, he's not. He's not taking a stand. There is no indication that Trump's tweets played any role in the reversal Republican members of Congress reported that their offices were swamped with calls urging them to not support the move to gut the ethics office and media outlets and journalists nonetheless rushed to give Trump credit. The Washington Post credited Trump's tweets for the reversal, breaking Republicans back off gutting of House ethics office after critical Trump tweet The New York Times said House Republicans reversed their plan to gut an ethics to gut the ethics office after intense criticism from Donald Trump. Bloomberg uh, News reported House GOP reverses course on ethics, uh, on ethics change after Trump criticism. uh, After president elect Donald Trump blasted the move as counter to his call to drain the swamp of corruption (laughs) in
2: Washington, blasted
1: it. And uh, Aaron Rupar over at Progress uh, notes in closing that the episode embodies Trump's tried and true Twitter strategy, tweet something that sounds good but is inaccurate, lap up the positive coverage, and by the time the media figures out it has been fooled, news consumers have moved on to the next thing. Sounds like the plan. Sounds like the schedule, unfortunately, for the next four years. We need accurate media. We need independent media. And we need corporate media now more than ever, but we need them to get it right. <sighs> All right, quick break, and we're back with uh, with more broadcast and maybe something encouraging. We'll see after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hey, this is Brad. Given the outcome of the 2016 election, we really need your support now more than ever. Progressive media outlets have been under attack for years even during supposedly progressive administrations. We are now facing a whole new world and real alternatives to the mainstream corporate media, you know, the folks who got it all wrong from the jump must be able to continue the fight for all of us. This is not a drill. It never was. Please consider a donation to our work here on the broadcast by stopping by bradblog.com/donate to help out however you can. A monthly pledge is greatly appreciated, but anything you can share will keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Yes, we need watchdogs. We need media. We need watchdog media. Uh, And uh, fortunately, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, in this case, uh, provided us with some watchdoggery up in Wisconsin, where uh, a webpage run by the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, you're going to love this story, Des. Uh, This uh, webpage used to explain to visitors that uh, uh, climate change in, well, this in Wisconsin, but everywhere, it explained that climate change is both occurring and is the result of human activity. But now visitors to the same webpage will find false information claiming that the cause of climate change is still a matter of scientific debate. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported that the department, uh, which is in charge, this is in charge of the state's environmental policy, among other things, scrubbed language from a page about the Great Lakes and climate change, striking out entire sentences about human contributions to climate change. It used to explain on this page that, quote, Earth's climate is changing. It said so directly and bluntly. Earth's climate is changing. As it should. Human activities that increase heat trapping greenhouse gases are the main cause. Said it quite directly and and correctly, as you say. And went on to discuss how climate change might affect Wisconsin directly with longer summers, shorter winters, changes in uh, precipitation patterns and so on. Uh, now the webpage reads, quote, As it has done throughout the centuries, the Earth is going through a change. The reasons for this change at this particular time in the Earth's long history are being debated and researched by academic entities outside the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. So we're not we don't know anything about it. There's nothing we can do. We'll let scientists figure this out, uh, scientists from elsewhere. Despite the fact that yesterday our page said the accurate truth, the accurate scientific consensus, now we don't know. So they've changed what was an accurate page to be a completely false page and by the way, 97 there is a 97% consensus, yes. Some think some three percent of of published scientists disagree, but 97 percent of them uh, indeed agree that climate is changing and that human activities, particularly the release of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere through the burning of fossil fuels, are the primary cause. And for those people who say, yeah, 97, that's that's not everyone. That's not unanimous. Well, that's true. It's about the same number of scientists who are certain that smoking cigarettes leads to lung cancer. About 97 percent. Sure, you can find a few outliers who say, no, smoking is good for you. It has nothing to do with cancer. But uh, that's about as close to a consensus as you can possibly get.
2: What really gets me about this is when you look at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's comparison of the old page versus the new redacted, scrubbed, censored page, they've gotten rid of something like 90 percent of the words that used to be there. They got rid of the words climate change. Yep. I'm not even sure science, the word science (laughs) still appears there. And this is a taxpayer funded website.
1: Mm hmm. And this is uh, this is going to get worse, not just in Wisconsin, but everywhere. Uh, so, you know, they've just changed it. They've just changed reality. They've just solved climate change. They've made climate change go away. That was easy. That was easy. Good news. No more climate change. At
2: least in Wisconsin.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly right. So, uh, you know, and, and people will read this and that's what they'll think. And so I guess it depends, uh, you know, on how you want to read something. These guys, uh, you know, are saying up is down, down is up. Well, maybe that's the case. It's a new year. Uh, As noted by Michael Liebrich uh, at Medium on uh, the first day of the year, He wrote a piece, very interesting piece. Uh, He's the founder of Bloomberg New Energy Finance, which is BNEF, uh, I think, provides information on energy investment and so forth. He posted a piece at Medium, a very interesting and clever piece. Don't listen to this unless you can listen to the end, the the twist ending, so to speak, Uh, from Michael Liebrich. uh, This is a piece entitled It's a New Year and Time to Face Reality. Again, don't listen unless you can uh, listen all the way through to the end. All right, I'm going to read this uh, line by line. Here's what uh, Liebrook writes. It's a new year and time to face reality. The world will never shift to a clean energy future. We need to stop listening to so-called experts who say we can avoid catastrophic climate change by eliminating the use of fossil fuels. Engineers are smart and love solving problems. But here's the thing. We still need electricity when the wind isn't blowing and the sun isn't shining. It's time to accept the obvious fact that more renewable energy will cause the grid to collapse. So please abandon your hopes. Wind and solar can produce some of the cheapest power in the world, but only if you ignore their subsidies and hidden costs, coal and oil, are by far the best way to provide reliable power and spread wealth. Nuclear power is inherently dangerous. We need to ignore the advocates who claim that new nuclear technologies offer passive safety and solutions to waste and proliferation. Electric vehicles will remain a niche technology. You have to be in denial to believe there will be game-changing reductions in battery costs and charging times. Progress on energy efficiency just leads to increased energy demand. There is no credible data to suggest that we can actually reduce overall global energy consumption. We'll still be dependent on coal and oil in 50 years. And there's no way the world is shifting to a clean energy future. It's a new year and time to face reality. He then, he then adds, but wait, isn't that all backwards? Now read in reverse and see what you think. Desi Doyen, why don't you go ahead and read this for me in reverse, line by line, from Michael Liebrich.
2: It's a new year and time to face reality. The world is shifting to a clean energy future, and there's no way we'll still be dependent on coal and oil in 50 years. We can actually reduce overall global energy consumption. There is no credible data to suggest that progress on energy efficiency just leads to increased energy demand. There will be game-changing reductions in battery costs and charging times. You have to be in denial to believe electric vehicles will remain a niche technology. (laughs) New nuclear technologies offer passive safety and solutions to waste and proliferation. We need to ignore the advocates who claim that nuclear power is inherently dangerous. Coal and oil are by far the best way to provide reliable power and spread wealth, but only if you ignore their subsidies and hidden costs. Wind and solar can produce some of the cheapest power in the world. So please abandon your hopes that more (laughs) renewable energy will cause the grid to collapse. It's time to accept the obvious fact. We still need electricity when the wind isn't blowing and the sun isn't shining, but here's the thing. Engineers are smart and love solving problems. We can avoid catastrophic climate change by eliminating the use of fossil fuels. We need to stop listening to the so-called experts who say the world will never shift to a clean energy future. That is founder of Bloomberg New Energy Finance, Michael Liebrich.
1: Very in his clever.
2: entertaining article.
1: Very entertaining and uh, clever. I guess it just depends on... Uh How you want to read the news, doesn't it?
2: On your perspective.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, Up is down. Down is up. And I guess if you just read the articles from reverse, these uh, terrible articles from the corporate media will suddenly, there's an idea. Suddenly they'll be accurate. At least they were in this case. Uh, thank you very much. And thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of this or any other of the, our uh, broadcasts, you can always download them anytime at bradblog.com. You can drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And I'm on the Facebooks and the Twitters at thebradblog. Uh, Oh, and my thanks to you, uh, once again, uh, for allowing us to continue to do what we do and to continue to support independent media. Thanks to those of you who have stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to do that. My thanks again to Nicole Sandler and Angie Koiro for giving us a few blessed days off. All right. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.